Greetings, I'm John Haspel. Matt Branham and I founded Cross River Meditation Center in 2012. The following is a Dhamma class recording from our center in Frenchtown, New Jersey. Please support the continued restoration, preservation, and presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma with your donation at becoming-buddha.com. So, um, tonight's sutta is the Upada Sutta, another sutta on the importance of finding and joining a well-informed and well-focused Sangha. And the Buddha gives it, gives in this teaching, shows how simple it is to do that. Um, it follows in our uh, right view, five clinging aggregates review, because it is one or all of the five clinging aggregates, form, feeling, perceptions, fabrications, and ongoing consciousness rooted in ignorance of four noble truths that would block us from this and keep us searching outside of ourselves for some kind of salvific answer. John, yeah. would you like me to read the sutta tonight? <laughs> Thank you. I think I can do it. I'm gonna try. If I can, I'll hand it to you. Okay. <sighs> the Sutta. On one occasion, the Buddha was staying with the Sakins in Sakara. Venerable Ananda had a question for his teacher. He approached the Buddha, bowed, and sat to one side. Is it true that having admirable people as friends, companions, and colleagues is half of the well-integrated life, meaning well-integrated within a full path? And the Buddha says, don't ever say that, Ananda. Having admirable people as friends, companions, and colleagues is the whole of the well-integrated life. The practitioner of my Dhamma who has admirable people as friends, companions, colleagues, can now be expected to avoid distraction that would arise from otherwise unskillful associations and pursue and fully develop the noble eightfold path. So the Buddha is just describing if you want your Dhamma practice to bear fruit, you have to practice what the Buddha actually taught, but, but only that, even if you have other things that you're enamored with that you'd like to do. Maybe it's some kind of <coughs> excuse me, exercise. Um, it, it could be anything. When we have, we find an endless supply of distractions to distract us away from the Buddha. But the Buddha taught this very simple eightfold path that with wise restraint, it's, it's very easy to stay within the framework of that. Listen carefully, Ananda, and I will tell you precisely how a practitioner of my Dhamma, who has admirable people as friends, companions, and colleagues, avoids distraction and pursues and fully develops the Noble Eightfold Path. This Dhamma practitioner develops right view that is dependent on seclusion, <laughs> both on our, our cushion and off the Buddha is talking about, that we keep that concentration developed on our cushion out into the world and maintain that seclusion. Dependent on seclusion, dependent on dispassion, dependent on cessation, that results in relinquishment. Relinquishment of what? Relinquishment of views ignorant of four noble truths. 
They also develop right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right meditation, all dependent on seclusion, dependent on dispassion, dependent on cessation that results in relinquishment. This is how, this is how a practitioner of Maidama who has admirable people as friends, companions, and colleagues avoids distraction and pursues and fully develops the Noble Eightfold Path. It is only through fidelity to my Dhamma that one may know that having admirable people as friends, companions, and colleagues is actually the whole of the well-integrated life. So again, the Buddha is not teaching that all you need to do is to find a well-informed and well-focused Sangha and go join it and sit in the corner. But if you can find, like we have here, a well-informed and well-focused Sangha, then you can join that and learn from what's being taught and ask questions as you go along. Can't do it without the Sangha. It is first in dependence on me as an admirable friend and those being subject, that those being subject to birth gain release from being subject to birth. That those being subject to aging gain release from being subject to aging. That those being subject to sickness gain release from being subject to sickness. And that those being subject to death gain release from being subject to death. So again, it's important to remember the, the scope of what the Buddha is teaching. He's not trying to teach something magical that if you just think about him and, and worship him, that your maladies will go away. What he's teaching is that if you develop the Dhamma, you should over time stop reacting to ordinary things that happen in life, such as being born. We have a, everybody has a human life. Everybody's going to get sick, everybody's going to get old, and everybody's going to die. But in between the first breath and the last breath, we get to live this marvelous human life. It is in dependence on me, the Buddha says, as an admirable friend, that those being subject to sorrow, regret, pain, distress, and despair have gained release from sorrow, regret, pain, distress, and despair. From those that have gained release in this manner, from independence on me, from dependence on me, can one know how having admirable people as friends, companions, and colleagues is actually the whole of a well-integrated life. So in order to experience that, you have to be in a sangha that is well-informed and well-focused and participate in it and understand that your, your, your friend here is the Buddha from 2,600 years ago. It's, it's really an amazing thought. And then your teachers are your friends. We're here to teach you the Dhamma. It's up to you if you want to learn it. hope you do. For those that gain release in this manner from dependence on me, can one know how having admirable people as friends companions and colleagues is actually the whole of a well-integrated life. Today's sutta. So, let me start with Kevin. Okay. Um, yeah, thanks for the teaching, John. This is, uh, this is good. It's, it's pretty pithy, you know kind of to the point, but I think, again, it's sort of, it's, it's threaded through the humanity that we all experience through the Four Noble Truths, and having wise associations and a Sangha that practices Buddha's Dhamma, 
is, you know, the way that you uphold your own practice. There used to be a, a company, I don't remember what it was, but it was called, uh, it's from the business world. It said the company you keep. It was like New York life or something. But I always think you could add something in front of that and you could say you are the company you keep. So yeah. it's, it's kind of like being around upright people that are calm and, and practicing calm and practicing the Dhamma helps push you along and, and it, it nourishes you. So I think that's all I have to say. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. It, it it's kind of a reminder. It doesn't, we, we don't care um, who any of our friends are, but in relation to the Dhamma, we do not want to be distracted by what our friends are doing. If it's not within the framework of the Eightfold Path, or it's just a distraction. And that's fine if that's what you want to do, but you cannot develop the Buddhist Dhamma in that way. Glad you're here, Kevin. More. good to see you tonight. Good to see you guys. I can't see the rest of the gang, but uh, I do see a few and you. Um, it was... You know, I, I, I think one of the, um, you know, where it says independence, independence on me, um, when the Buddha was saying that, um, you know, on one hand, on one hand, it sounds like a contradiction because we're all responsible for our own awakening, but it, um, so I was, I was what, caught that you, that you should have admirable people as friends. Pardon, John? Pardon? Say that there's again? The, there's the contradiction that the Buddha is asking us to have uh, admirable people as friends, as colleagues. No, 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 no. No, it was just, um, <clears throat> I, I, I won't comment and, and held up longer. It's just that when he said independent, independence on me, like depending on me, you have the ability to awaken you follow my teachings right but i um I, you know in other places where the buddha would say oh you're don't go by what people have said don't by go by this don't by go by that follow you know follow these teachings so that was where i was just you know we can't depend on another person however people obviously um the one needs to be surrounded by people that have renounced harmfulness, that have renounced clinging and craving, that have um, are not looking outward for satisfaction, then there's so much in that besides the model. But being in the company of such people your own best potential is um, is brought to the surface. Right? It's um, uh, so mindful of inner and outer, um, not clinging to anything. Um, it's just, uh, um, you know, an, an extremely, extremely important part of Dhamma, light. So I'll leave it at that. Um, Thank you, Maury. Yeah, it, the Buddha um, 
again, isn't teaching us to dismiss those that we might be friends with. He's just saying, be mindful of what you're associating with to his Dhamma. Um, the Kalama Sutta that you referenced concludes in the same way that Buddha is telling the Kalamas who are confused about all the different teachers that come through Kalama to learn from their own experience what works for them. But he also says, and you have to keep it pure or you won't know. So there's an important part of that sutta that you left out. He's, he's saying the same thing. Um, and again, we can, we can, well, everybody probably has all kinds of things that they do that are maybe so-called spiritual. And all that the Buddha's teaching, all I'm teaching is that's fine, but don't associate it with your Dhamma practice and be a part of the Sangha. Thanks, Moore. Dawn, I don't think I gave you a chance to talk. No, no I don't have anything to add, John. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks, Dawn. Hello, Jane. Hi, John. Thanks for the teaching. Um, I'm very fortunate to have such admirable Sangha friends, and um, they've helped me to develop my practice. So, thank you. Yeah. I agree. Thanks, Jane. John, uh, out of great compassion for you and great compassion for Sangha, I'd like to end class now. Thank you, man. I'm okay. I can, like, five or ten more minutes isn't going to bowl me over. So. I'm going to figure like this for a couple of weeks. Zach, what do you think? Uh, really just ditto what, what Jane said. Really grateful to have friends, colleagues, teachers. Thank you. Thanks, Zach. Raquel. Thanks. Yeah, I echo Zach and Jane. I think it's very lucky and fortunate to have could you speak up just a little bit? I'm very grateful to be Thank here you. with all, all of you. And, uh, I think it's uh, lucky to be here with all these good people that uh, bring me peace and think a lot. <laughs> well said, Raquel. Hello, Julia. Thank you, John. Thanks, everyone, for your comments. I'll take noble silence. Uh, glad you came tonight, Laura. Yeah, thank you so much for the, the meditation, and um, just yeah, grateful to be here. Don't have much time right now, but really appreciate you being here. Despite how you're feeling. Thank you, Laura. Please say Merry Christmas to all the Dillmans. You're always welcome. I'll just say Merry Christmas so I keep getting welcome. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Cody. Hello, John. Thank you for the teaching. Um, uh, nothing to add. Thank you. Thank you, Cody. Rob. John. Yes, it is good to have. It's really what makes the other two parts, the 
the other two jewels possible. Yep. It's good to have you in the sangha as the one who keeps it going despite the shaking. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Sorry I didn't get everybody on camera tonight. Just forgot. Hello, David. Quick. The other aspect of the Sangha and the dynamic nature of how we interact in this room is that there are no advanced practitioners and no. there are no comments that are out of line of what we're doing here. And if there is something so outlandishly outside the lines, then we have this saga to help. Yeah. So everyone should always feel comfortable in speaking. Yeah. And it lets us know as teachers where they are and where they need to be uh, taught a little bit more back a little bit so that dynamic nature can only exist by all of us participating so well said thank you david thank you. john thank you for your teaching thanks for gutting it out <laughs> sorry. <coughs> sorry it's so obvious road warrior um yeah something morris said i thought was interesting and in, in, in that, and like to address that. And that, um, independent of means this teaching has has stood the test of time for twenty six hundred years. So, in that way, we are here developing the Dhamma independent of the Buddha. He's not here anymore, but. Because the Dhamma is what it is, we're able to develop it 2,600 years later. Yeah, and it's been restored to what the Buddha probably actually taught. Thank you, John. Thanks, Matt. All right, any questions or comments before we close? So we'll finish with Meta as we always do. These are the, take a moment to become mindful of your in-breath and your out-breath and let that mindfulness of your breath unite your mind and your body. The Buddhist words on Meta describing an awakened human being This is what is done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. They are able and upright, 
straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied. They remain unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways. They are peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud or demanding in nature. They do not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove. They are always mindful that all beings be at ease. Whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, medium, short or small, the seen and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born. They are always mindful to not deceive another or despise any being in any state. They abandon anger and ill will with ease, never wishing harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life her child, so with a boundless heart, the wise disciple cherishes all living beings. They radiate kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will. Whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, they maintain refined mindfulness. This is said to be the sublime abiding. By not holding the fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires, having completed the path, does not give birth to another moment rooted in ignorance of Four Noble Truths. Tonight's class. If I don't see any of you before Christmas, have a Merry Christmas. I hope to see you all before Christmas. Thanks, John. Um, yeah. Thanks, John. See you all Merry soon. Christmas. Thank you for listening. If you find benefit here and to learn more about the Buddha's Dhamma, Please support the continuing restoration and presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma with your donation at becoming-buddha.com.